0: Welcome to The Table, where three women of three generations are navigating together how to pursue God as Father, Jesus as Lord, and Spirit as Shepherd through every stage of life. It doesn't always look pretty, and it's never perfect, but we're always aiming to sharpen each other as iron on iron. So sister, pull up a chair, settle in, and get ready to grow with us in today's episode of... The Iron Women. Welcome back to the Iron Women Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We are kind of halfway through a series right now about integrating the spiritual. If you haven't listened to the last two episodes, um, we started off with just the concept of integrating the spiritual. And then the last week's episode was about integrating the spiritual in relationships, whether that is uh, singleness, dating, marriage, that kind of stuff. So definitely check that out if you haven't already. This week, we're going to be jumping into how to integrate the spiritual into parenting and family. Um, So get ready for that. But you know the drill. Before we jump in, we're going to do our connection point question, which is... If you were invisible for a day, what do you think you would do?
1: Go on, Lauren. <laughs> I would spy. <laughs> I know. Me too. What? What would you spy on? <gasps> Who would you spy on? I don't know. I just I I think I don't know. And then I and then I say I would spy, but man, I do I want to or do I just want to spy? Stay like blissfully ignorant and like no people really do like me it's cool
0: yeah Yeah, because you might not want to find out i don't
1: want to know what they're saying (laughs) because i was like yeah yeah yeah." so maybe like to be i would love to be privy to like um because i'm in the film production world like maybe some of the creative process Mm, yeah of like how they come to some of their ideas and stuff but yeah that would be kind of cool yeah mom I don't know. I, you know, the thing to spy <laughs>
2: was the first thing that came to my mind too. And, um, I don't know, you know, I think, okay, what I want to spy on Jeff and see what he says about me throughout <laughs> the day to their people. I'm like, no, he pretty much stays in his office, and <laughs> stays focused on his one thing. And I can pretty much trust him not to talk about me to people. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I think as a pastor's wife, um, and I've only ever really known some of that perspective, being a pastor's kid, assistant pastor's wife, maybe just wanting to be at my church and go in and out through the different places and just see what it's like without me there. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, And just... You know, watch it from that perspective, yeah, um, there are some things that i I have said in my life. I wish I could be a fly on the wall yep. in that meeting, you know, yeah, so yeah. I don't know, maybe I'd rather have the invisible plane that Wonder Woman had, so I could just <laughs> get Ooh. around and yeah mm-hmm.
1: so, yeah, yeah, or walk through walls. that'd be fun,
0: yeah, <laughs> um. Mine would, the first thing I think of is, of course, my Disney brain is in the Incredibles, Violet, the daughter, her power is invisibility. And so she did it to like help people, but I probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> um, you know, like she would see something coming and, you know, she'd go help an older person cross the road and they wouldn't even know it. But somehow they got across, without getting hit by a car or like saving a child or a dog. And like, it just looks like no one did that. But really, she did it, and she never gets the credit. I would want the credit, so that's probably. I don't know what I would do, but I'd probably actually mess with people more than help them, like just to confuse people. Like, why you would just cause chaos?
1: Yeah, like why?
0: Why is that thing getting thrown
2: across the room? Like people thinking it's like a ghost
1: or something. Yeah, I'm just messing with them. Out. Yeah, yeah, that'd be kind
0: of fun. You
2: just like to mess with them. Yes. Oh, I did think like maybe if you and Jonathan we're having a conversation because sometimes y'all like have conversations without me oh yeah um and i want to know and you won't tell me you don't need
0: to know about that um
2: sometimes i wish i could be invisible for some of those conversations no
0: no that's all right we'll not do that (laughs) speaking of me and my brother perfect segue into our topic today (laughs) um we are going to be going over parenting and family as our topic of how to integrate the spiritual into those aspects of life obviously Um, I am neither a parent and I, well, well, I don't have a parent. I mean, I have a parent.
2: Yeah. Hello. (laughs) I have two
0: parents. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't have any children, so I can't speak to experience in parenting or raising a family. Um, So I'm going to be kind of navigating the conversation with both uh, Lauren and mama today, since they're the experienced ones (laughs) in children and all things parenting. Um, So we're just going to jump into that just from the get go. um, What is something if, if if you could think back on however long you've been parenting. Mm. Well, how long have you been parenting, both of you? Well, you're 27. Right, I am 27. So, I've been parenting 27 years. 27 and you've got two, a 27 and a 25. Yes. And yes. then Lauren.
1: Yeah. Um, so I have an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um and but he was mine through marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I have been parenting for 12 years. And how many kids and what ages? And I have three kids. I have an 18 year old and I have a five year old and a six year old, mm-hmm. <laughs> my boys, and I have all boys. And so I'm surrounded by handsome men my whole life. I'm all yes. set. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh. So like just in a retrospective, diving into this. What would you say? Maybe kind of how we talked in the last uh, relationship episode. What was a big shift for you, like in the wisdom and experience you have now? Like, what is something you would tell ten years ago in parenting to yourself ten years ago? Like, mm. this is I, I know, but I know more now. Yeah. I wouldn't do this differently. Yeah,
2: I, I'm I'm pretty clear on this because of. Um, the big difference I saw just in my own spiritual walk through learning some things, I would parent more from biblical principles rather from the legalistic version of spirituality that I experienced growing up. So placing the importance on more biblical truths rather than the do's and don'ts Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, going into it, Uh, I, I, I tended to do that a little bit, but thankfully the Lord pulled me back from that pretty quickly. And I, I credit, you know, the Lord doing that to my children being, um, well, somewhat well-adjusted adults. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) What, what were some specifics you would say that like starting out when me and Jonathan were little? You would yeah. like never do it that way now.
2: Okay. So I think you, you remember from my testimony that I always felt like there was something not right about the legalism stuff. Yeah, And so going into marriage and parenting, um, it was, I tried to get my hands on books that would kind of help me to think differently. And so that was, that was all God. And so I did have some preset things going into what I would and would not do with children. And so it, it was also from a perspective of, I was a pastor's kid and I knew my children would be ministry kids somehow. And I made a very just, um, hardline decision. And, and Jeff agreed with me on this, that i would not raise them as ministry children but with a ministry heart sure and so whereas there were things that we could and could not do growing up just because people in our church found them to be offensive Mm. i was not going to do that to my children Mm. and so um or just because a place that we were serving at had certain specifications of things we could and could not do, I would let them know that we are doing that because we submit to authority, not because we believe that. And so, you know, Jeff and I have served at ministries where there were certain rules that we we didn't feel were um, anything connected to spirituality, but some of those people did. And so, I tried to make it very clear to my kids that, okay, mommy and daddy. We can't do this because we submitted and we've said contracts for this place and we're serving at this ministry and, and we will submit to the authority of this ministry, but this has nothing to do with spirituality. Mm. And so yeah. we taught them submission to authority rather than these things are what make you spiritual. Yeah. And so I think going in, and then as I learned as a, as a woman, just to become who God created me to be, then I was able, thankfully that happened around her teen years. And I was able to really start like just passing on the things I just learned yeah. to my preteen daughter.
0: And yeah. What would you say, Lauren, are some major shifts you've seen?
1: Yeah. In your um, parenting. so what I will say is that there for, for me, um, I was a stepmom. That was my first parenting experience. I mean, I I was full-time mom. Um my our son was with us full full-time. My husband had full custody. So I didn't have to navigate like dealing with those situations or anything. Um but by the grace of God, I think that he has given me the outlook of um through my stepson that all of my kids, all three of my children are very, very different. And because of that, they all require different approaches, different care, um, different conversations and whatnot. And I think through some successes and then just some plain failures through parenting my stepson, um, that I, I kind of, I think that the Lord taught me those things, um, I mean, and my husband's, uh, he's like five years older than me. So, and he had my stepson very young. So if he were biologically mine, I would have given birth to him when I was a sophomore in high school. (laughs) So I was pretty much like a kid raising a kid. And I think I just, I wish that in, in that moment, I, I realized that I was also a brand new Christian when I stepped into that place too. So I was Mm. still learning how to. Disciple myself, never mind yeah. a child, you know. And so there was a lot of, I would say, just immaturity in the beginning years of my parenting. And not that I, I don't know that I'll ever reach maturity.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're reaching, <laughs> you know. You are. Um, you mentioned I just like
1: fun. I just yeah. like to have fun. You and said disciple. Yeah. Can, yes. can we hit on that? Yeah. How okay. Disciple because
0: that's something that I don't think many parents. I've even her understood the concept of you disciple your kids you don't just raise them if yeah, you're believers. Yeah, yeah. So
1: and that is one thing that I will say um and I don't know if that was taught like in the environment that I was in but I knew that that's what I was to do. I just had no clue how to do it especially with um a child who was not mine biologically. Yeah. And so um but with my other two with Isaac and Sammy yeah it's it's been there like since birth, I have very, very, very much the Lord's has always kind of allowed me to look at them as like, this is stewardship. This is stewardship at its core. Um, those kids are not yours. They're mine that I have given to you to raise and to raise up the way that they should go and to invest in them and show them who I am. And um, one thing that my husband and I did early on with my stepson also is kind of tampered our expectations. Like basically we sat down and we were like, okay, what do we want for his life? Like, what's our goal? Like what are we moving towards? And we pretty much concluded that if he lived in a cardboard box, (laughs) but he knew Jesus, Mm -hmm. we were good, you know, like, but if we had introduced him to his loving savior and like mm. showed him that that is what it was all about that we hit we, we hit our parenting goal. Yeah. You know? Um, and so we brought that into the younger boys as well. And I'm still pretty I mean, I have a five and a six year old, so yeah. I'm sure in 10 years from now, I'm going to be like, I wish I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. But I think you have the the right attitude
2: there because I did not just, it, If you listen to the one on marriage, how I did not look at my spouse as a child of God, I didn't necessarily look at my children as individuals I disciple. Mm. Because I was in ministry, I was, you know, speaking into a lot of people's lives and walking them along from what I knew at that point. And it wasn't until a few years into both of them being, you know, elementary school kids that this concept of discipling my children. Mm. And I was like, Oh, and I realized I fell into the trap that so many parents fall into that you just kind of do the parenting thing, but then you Mm. let all the Bible-y stuff to the church and to the school. And my kids were in a Christian school. They were in church for everything. And so they were learning a lot, Yeah, but I had to think, okay, we still have to give them the very human side of this. Sure, And so, um, a change started taking place where we started having the conversations about how, how, what God says applies to the Absolutely. situation. And I watch you do that. Well, Lauren, mm-hmm. I watch you do that. Well, and I'm actually watching quite a few women in our church learning how to
1: do yeah, that. Yeah.
2: We have one of our little Sunday school teachers and she wears t-shirts <laughs> that, that have on there, you know, my little disciples when mm-hmm. she comes and teaches her class and that is the attitude we should have toward our children, Yeah, that these are individuals given to us by God that we are to disciple. So we are to present the gospel to them, continue to present the gospel to them, teach them to do whatever God has commanded to do, and raise them up in that way mm. instead of, like you mentioned okay, well, I want my child to be financially successful and I want them to have all this education and I want them to have all these experiences in life because maybe one day they will be a prima ballerina or a professional football player. Yeah. And so I started saying to my children, I, I did not use the term. You can be anything you want to be. Yeah. No, Mm
1: -mm. because
2: that's not true. Mm -mm. As we teach them to submit to the authority of God, you can be whatever God has purposed for you to be. And I started changing my lingo with them in the discipleship process and making the word of God um, the thing that we go to and getting instilled in them that the word and God are the authority. They get to tell us what to do. Yeah. And thankfully, both of my kids have a strong belief system in God and who he is and that the Bible gets to tell us what to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We established that pretty early on in our, in our family. Like I said, we, (laughs) we practiced on my poor stepson. Yeah. Um, Isn't that what parenting is though? It's especially that first one. I know. It's the practice
2: round. Erica, you were the practice (laughs) round.
0: I was an easy practice. (laughs) You were an easy practice (laughs) round. I'm kidding. No, but talk about how before you started incorporating the discipleship into parenting and realizing these are actually spiritual conversations. They aren't just parenting conversations or disciplinary conversations.
1: Yeah.
0: How, you know, God knows the intent of the parent's heart as you're trying to figure out how to do it, because it is a learning curve every time you do it. And every kid is different. So talk about how God knows your heart and how you implement a discipleship and maybe touch on, you know, parenting when you're doing it under the umbrella of discipleship, heart parenting versus behavior parenting.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, um, I don't know, I guess just in the track of, what I've seen in my own kids, a lot of times the behavior is kind of a (laughs) direct, uh, it's just an image of what's going on behind closed doors. Um, and a lot of the time, like I will notice a a shift in my kids behavior for positive or for negative, Mm -hmm. um, based off of how faithful I'm being to some of the things that I know I need to be faithful with, you know, um, or even just like spending quality time with them or not, you know? Um, but I think that this is something that the Lord is still discipling me in, um, because I tend to fall very quickly into like the shame for not doing it perfectly and, um, for failing at a lot of areas in life and, and whatnot, you know? And so, um, the Lord is very much teaching me that he is faithful, even yeah. when I'm not, and that he will disciple my children, even if I don't, and that he will be good, even if I'm not. Yeah. And I mean, just really recently, I mean, I had to eat a big old slice of humble pie, because I lost my temper with my kids, and I had to go back to them and just explain to them, like, A, I need you to forgive me. Um, because that's not okay and that's not right. Um, but I also need you to understand that that's not Jesus, and that that's not God. And you need to have your own relationship with God because you can't look at mommy and think that I represent God because I'm not God and I'm not going to do this perfectly. And so, just you know, and I just I made it very clear. Like I didn't I didn't want them to look at that moment and see an angry God. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, you know, but then that goes hand in hand with that shame again, you know, and the Lord kind of knowing my own heart and taking that before him too, you know, but God always gives us exactly what we need. And, um, I don't know. In in that moment, I really feel like he did two things, um, gave a really, really valuable lesson to my kids, but then also, um, gave me. a a slice of humility that I really think that I needed, um, just to realize that I can't do this on my own as much as I may think that I know about the good way to parent or the biblical way to parent, um, that I am utterly dependent on him and my own intimacy and relationship with, with Christ is going to directly impact the way that these kids are raised
2: lauren you're you're not unique in this i I talk to a lot of mothers and a lot of mothers feel like they fail and they're not doing it right and um you know when i first found out i was going to have erica i was not mentally prepared to have a child and a female one at that for a lot of just past reasons and I, I, I just simply told God one day, once, once my sanity came back to me, I'm like, God, I cannot do this. Yeah. And you're going to have to raise me while I raise yeah. her. Yeah. And so I think right away, I just put all the responsibility on God. Yeah. And I try to tell moms, okay, you do the best you can. Focus on your own spiritual life. And let that flow out of you into your kids, because we are going to yell at them. We are going to lose our temper. We're not going to do everything the way that that other mother does it or our friends do it. Just focusing on the best way to deal with your children spiritually mm. and let this idea of expectations and shame, let it go. Yeah. Because I, I just told a mother recently, I don't have regrets, I don't have shame about I, how I've raised my kids. Did I do some things what I can look back now and say were wrong? Absolutely. Yeah. But it was all within the context of God, you know, I can't do this.
1: Yeah. yeah. And
2: so um, just some of the practical things that you want to do with kids is, be the same person in the house that you are outside the house.
1: Be consistent. Yeah.
2: I've heard a lot of that, especially from the way I was raised, my, my environment, my kids were raised in. They'd see a lot of really good church people. Mm. And then in the home, they're not the same person. And I think that is going to be one thing that maybe Erica and Jonathan can say about us is that we were the same people outside the home that we were in the home. And, you got the flaws outside that you got the mm-hmm. flaws inside. Yeah. But just let them see that process. Don't fake because spirituality. Yeah. Kids aren't stupid. They're not. Yeah. They yeah. see right through and it.
1: Be, be honest. Like be honest with your kids. Like if that's something that you struggle with, yeah. tell your kids. Like, yeah. listen, I know that mommy acts a certain way at church. And then we come home and mommy acts a different way. Like be honest with your kids. That's not right. And you need to know that that's something that I'm talking to God about and that that's something that I, I'm going to give to him and I'm going to keep praying about, and I'm going to keep trying to, to overcome. You know, I have that conversation with my kids about like, you know, when I lose my temper, like this is not right, but God promises to help me and he will be our ever present help in times of trouble. And like, and he's going to help me. And, and by the grace of God, you're going to see growth in this area of mommy. And you already have, haven't you? And we'll talk about that, you know, like, haven't you, like, isn't God good? God helps and he has helped and he will continue to help because he promises to do so. But be honest with your kids. If you're struggling with something like that is something that I can absolutely like, I almost feel like we erred on the side of like, being too honest, you know, like now, like,
2: Well there's there's discretion there's wisdom There's but,
1: definitely yeah you know, many no.
2: Christian kids I'll I'll talk to some of them and they're like have you ever heard your parents testimony of salvation they're like huh what no Mm. tell your kids your salvation story yeah tell them your spiritual growth struggles along the way and how the lord has grown you yeah um tell them what that process looked like absolutely tell them what your own devotional time looks like yeah so they can learn it from someone that they're seeing yeah um you know even behind closed doors and um you'll I don't, I don't know. For some reason, I think my kids just know the reality of who we are and mm. their daddy was a lot more consistent with stuff than I was. Yeah. But I think That's they, my husband too, they saw, they saw a change in me yeah. at some point when I started getting serious about my own spiritual life. And then just, you know, your goal for them is to love God and love others. Yes. And if you keep that as the goal, man, that will temper a lot of decision-making with your children. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you know, okay, they have to be involved in all these things. So they experience all these things. Okay. Remember, we want them to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. We want them to love others. How is this leading them to that end goal?
1: Yeah. 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 To speak to that a little bit too, the, the busy that a lot of these families can, um, create for themselves.
2: Yeah. it's Uh, ruining kids.
1: Yeah. There is ruining mamas as much as I want my kids to chase after and be involved in every single little thing that they're passionate about or that they want to do or that they bring up on a Tuesday afternoon that now they have a new interest and everything else. Um, it's not that I like, I want them to have those things, but I also am desperate for them to know that like, our spiritual lives come first. Yeah. And if we do everything that you want to do, right. And if that's all the activities that those other things are going to be choked out. And I just, I can't let that happen. Yeah. And so, um, we're very like intentional about what we spend our time on. And like, if one kid is involved in something, then we make the space somewhere else because we can't we can't get too busy to know, or like certain seasons, like summer, we have a little bit more leniency because the kids aren't in school all day. And so we can do a little bit more activity, but just the busy, we guard against the busy or we're busy with, with the right things. I think with the things that are, um, that, that we feel like the Lord wants us to do as a family and pursue as a family. So this is where it goes back to that
2: that integrating the spiritual focus, so we want our kids to have all the cute outfits for every holiday and every, every, everything that comes up. We want them to attend every birthday party, and that means gifts for that party. And we want them to, um, you know, go to all the places that this world offers. Disney twice a year, Great Wolf Lodge, this place, this place, this place, yeah. all these different places. And then we want them to be involved in four or five different things. Okay, first of all, all of that takes money. Yep. And so that's where you have to stop and put on the brakes and say, whoa, 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 whoa. This is God's money. Mm-hmm. What am I telling my children about money? This is time. hmm. You know, because every little thing you commit to means all the prep for it. Yeah. Um, what is that saying to my children that I, you know, that this dominates our life? This is, this is the priority.
1: Yeah. And, or are you even saying that to your children? And are you, even, are you yeah. having those conversations? Like when you make decisions for your family, like, yes. are you talking to your kids about the reasons why? And th- there's one thing too, like, I know that my two are just five and six years old, but man they're so dang intuitive and they're so curious about things that I would never ever think that they were curious about and yeah. so I don't deprive them of that even um praying too like I pray like mm-hmm. I pray with my kids like I don't we don't memorize any cute little bedtime prayers or you yeah. know what I mean like we're we talk to the Lord yeah and and I don't force it I don't force my kids to pray. But I do when they tell me no that they don't want to, I say, you know what, mommy doesn't always want to pray either. Mm, yeah. But I do anyway. Yeah. I do anyway. Yeah. So I'm gonna let you make that decision. But um, you know, it's it's important. And yeah. you get to talk to Jesus. And um, and so, you know, just having those conversations, making sure that your kids know that um there's reasoning and that there is um, motivations, heart motivations behind the decisions that you're making as a family. Even if it truly is just, um, mommy and daddy are feeling really overwhelmed right now with the amount of things that are going on and to honor our relationship with God and bring peace back into our atmosphere. We have to say no to some of these things. Yeah.
2: There's just a few little bullet point things I want to throw into this. Um, be careful of peer pressure. Mm -hmm. Oh, not the children's peer pressure, the peer pressure from other parents.
1: I had to get off social media because of one of those things.
2: Um, Peer pressure from other parents. It was, you know, we we had made some decisions about our children that just, you know, they were just decisions we made. Like one of the things was my kids were involved with families that were very party focused and we had to make decisions like you can choose two. Was it two a year? It was one. One? We got one
0: birthday party that we could go to a year. Okay. And it was normally like your best friend at the time.
2: Okay. Mm. Because if not, it would have been our entire life. It's every mm. weekend. It's three yeah, out yeah. of the four
0: weekends a month. You're yeah. at a, 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 another student. house. And I know house. that sounds yeah. horrible.
2: And some of the other parents made me feel horrible. Yeah. But I had to teach my kids priorities. They they could choose one sport, Yeah, one activity to be involved in because you know, the concept of... You can't be involved in um, 25 things and give it all your... you know, and Mm -hmm. you said it like how on, you know, every three days, if, if we would have gone with Jonathan, Jonathan had a passion, a new passion every three (laughs) days and wanted to buy everything that went with it and wanted to jump into it. And, and, and so we had to temper that and to teach that. So peer pressure from other parents, I remember there was a time where in fourth grade, they were having a party and they were going to teach the kids how to slow dance, with the opposite sex, and they were going to have this fancy dinner, and it was going to limos and pictures together. And I'm like, yeah, no, Mm-mm. like we're nine. Yeah, <laughs> like, my fourth grade girls. daughter does not need to be thrown into the relationship world in this way, and yeah. she was the only one. Oh, I was the only one. The only one that didn't go. And I, I took some flack from parents, and she took some flack, and and but it was like, no. We're not going to do this. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and say all the different things I know about all the different kids from that time period. Mm-hmm. But it's paid off. Yeah. It's paid off. So peer pressure from families. Um, one of the other things is be gracious with other parents. hmm um, in, in their parenting styles. Um, most parents weren't taught how to parent. In fact, I don't know that any of us were taught how to parent. (laughs) And if we were, was that the right way? (laughs) Yeah. So encourage moms and dads in their spiritual walks and then moms and dads know your spiritual gift, be serving the Lord In your local body and bring your children into that. Yes. Make them a part. My kids have been part of our ministry since they've been born. It it wasn't like we didn't stop because we had children.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, We brought them into it. Yeah. And so now they know this is just what we do. Mm. It's what we do. Yeah. And we serve the Lord. Yeah. And it's not mommy choosing the church over them.
1: Right. It's this is what we do. Yeah. We serve the Lord together. Yeah. We faithfully serve God. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And being the byproduct of that kind of decision making and parenting um, all growing up, I can, I can honestly say, back to a few points that have been mentioned, your kids see through everything. Because when everyone else, when the front door is closed and locked at night, they're the ones there. When you walk out the front door and go to church or go to work or you're out to dinner with friends or at a soccer game and you're someone different, your kids are not stupid. They know the difference. Um, don't think you're, you know, getting getting away with it. Mm-mm. And they they also notice on the other end of the spectrum when they wake up to go to school every morning and their mom or dad is out in the lazy boy every morning reading their Bible, they notice that it does not go unnoticed. Even if they act like, uh, well, there they are always reading their Bibles. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. like I've never gotten up that early. Like, uh, that, Twenty years later, that that means something to them. Yeah. Or if it's you know at night, instead of having sports on the TV and Dad's got you know something pulled up, or Mom's reading a book that is about something how to help her grow spiritually, or Mom sets aside time to make sure she's a part of a Bible study with a group of women on a weekly or monthly basis. Like twenty years, you know, later that that counts for something. Mm-hmm. Not how many football games did you go to growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also um, how, yeah, it kind of, it sucks in the time when, in the moment when you're the only kid who doesn't get to do something like, yeah, it, I was annoyed by that and I would get so upset and I would give them grief and blah, 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 blah. Cause I was getting grief, you know, from my friends.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But again, I, I, I can only say this because I can look back on it now. I would tell 10 year old Erica, like the party's not that great. It's not that worth it. <laughs> <laughs> like They didn't have that much fun. Like, mm. I'm sure they're going to make it sound like they did, but like no one remembers that now. Yeah. Like it really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. those are things that just don't matter long-term, but you know, everything is, is huge in in the moment. Um, Mm -hmm. but if you're a kid who may be listening to this and your parents are, you know, you know, trying to lead your home biblically and parent you biblically and steward you because you are something God has given them. I would say if you're the only one who doesn't get to go something, if you can't watch the movies or listen to the music or go to that event or if you're always having to be at church on sunday morning when all your friends are sleeping in um it's okay it, it <laughs> not only is it okay like just embrace it like mm-hmm. get over the attitude that you're tired like we're all friggin' tired like <laughs> get over it. you're gonna be tired your whole life like but church is worth getting up and going to with your parents. Your parents are human beings trying to do their best. I remember when I was, I think, a senior in high school, and because of what had happened uh, with me um, in a relationship situation, at some point along the way, it kind of smacked me in the face. And I think every kid has this moment where they realize for the first time, like, my mom and dad are literally just human beings. Like mm. you've gone your whole life kind of looking at them. Like they're
1: supposed to know everything. It's funny that you say that. Cause I think that my 18 year old is like currently yeah. in, cause there's been a shift. Yeah, There's been a little bit of a shift, man. And I'm like, there's, there's a real, there's a real shift.
0: And me, me graduating and going into college, I was like, I think my parents really are just trying to do the best they can. I may not agree. I don't agree, but I'm not going to give them as much grief. So like, don't give them so much grief. Um,
1: listen to her. (laughs)
0: Um, but yeah, one thing I did want to just touch on really quick before we go to our fun cup question that was mentioned, um, if about your kids could be very different from the other. I know me and Jonathan were worlds apart and how we needed to be disciplined, um, led, um, told yes or no on things. Mm-hmm. I I didn't need told uh, Erica, don't do this. I didn't need it spelled out for me as much as like Jonathan need it spelled yeah. out for him sometimes. But then I went through phases of, you know, rebellion and lying mm-hmm. and they had a discipline to discipline me different. So like, if we can just really sh- short say, if you, if there's a parent right now listening, like, I got two kids or three or four and they're all just so different. I don't even know what to do. Like, what if one kid is like, well, you don't do that with the other kid. Well, you know, that kid may be, you know, different. What would you even say to that?
1: Oh yeah. We, we, my kids know the answer. Like if they were in the room right now, they could tell you the answer. (laughs) Life isn't fair. And Jesus, (laughs) Jesus dying on a cross for you is not fair. Trust me. You don't want fair. Yeah. You don't want fair because if, if you had fair, you would be in hell. Yeah. And like, I mean, just point blank, like call it a Christian answer. I don't, I don't care what you call it. Like, that's the truth. You don't want fair and you're a different kid than your brother and your brother's a different kid than you. And you wig out when you eat candy. And that's why you can only have one piece and Sammy can have a whole chocolate bar. And that's just (laughs) the way it is, you know? And like, I'm sorry that you don't like that, but trust me, you don't want fair. Yeah. I think moms and dads, you
2: have to understand that we're learning those children. We don't come with this description, like when you got Cabbage Patch Kids of, you know, this paper comes and it says what she is. The care instructions.
1: <laughs> yes. The care instructions.
2: And so you have to learn. And it took us a long time because Jeff and I only really knew one model. Yeah. And Jonathan brought into our life a different model. Yeah. And um, it took us a while. And yes, do we look back and realize we didn't do some things correctly with both of them, especially him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we tried. We tried. And always just like, okay, God, you're going to have to help us with this. You're going to have to help us with this. But understanding that God has made each of them individual and for a purpose to glorify him. And if that means, you know, my son is in the military and he's the only one right now that any of the guys can ever ask those Bible questions to, yeah, he may not be, you know, leading Bible studies and all that kind, but he's learned how to in his environment. Yeah be what he needs to be and how he has, he has stood up for, um, beliefs he has and Mm. things he's not getting involved in. And so I credit that to mostly God, not us, because we, we really didn't know what we were doing with Jonathan. Mm. Erica was classic by the book and Jonathan came along and because of that, he brings all of us so much joy, Um, but it was just like, okay, we're learning you guys, just like you are learning us. And that's why it's good to stick to the basics. Love God, Mm -hmm. love others. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why Jesus and God, Jesus is God, um, brought that down to something so very simple because everything filtering through that, it solves its own problem. Yeah and there's no guarantee with kids yeah well you don't know what that Mm -hmm. path is going to look like for them and um you know just knowing that god they're yours yeah yours first yeah i'm i'm given to like you use you guys use the word steward this well Mm. they are not for me to live through vicariously right they are not for me to live out all my dreams Mm -hmm. they are for me to disciple Mm-hmm. and to raise to be independent individuals yeah. that love God, love others, yeah. and are good citizens in this world.
1: Yeah. And I will I will say one other thing too. Um like your children when you're when you're stewarding them just when you look at decisions that you have to make for your children Like, do I send them to a public school or a Christian school? Do I sign them up for this club or this program? Or do we do this or do we do that? There's, um, there's one thing that my husband and I have always kind of, and we learned it with my stepson through the grace of God. Um, you know, if, if they grow up and live in a cardboard box, (laughs) I know that I mentioned that before, but it's, it's so true because. If that's your expectation, like if you, if you truly do just make it your goal to introduce your kids to Jesus and yeah. teach them how to love him yeah. and be loved by, by him, yeah. like it really does change your entire outlook on everything else. Like for, for us, even education, like yep. My kids are not like I want my kids to learn how to read, write and do arithmetic and all that thi- all that stuff so that they can be faithful to the calling that God has on their life. Yeah. yeah. Like if God calls them to be a doctor, then they they're going to need that education. Um if God calls them to be a professional soccer player, then they're going to need to be on that sports yeah. team. But like knowing that it's from a place of this is so that you can be faithful to what God asks of you and your life yep. and setting them up, making decisions based off that. Yeah,
0: yeah, because, you you're again, your kids do identify themselves by what you allow your home to do 24-7. If your schedule revolves around your kid playing soccer and you don't miss a thing and you don't ever go to church or your girl plays piano and you're – Flying all around to make sure she's in this program and gets the best of this, but like, she, you know, doesn't you know, know what it's like to go to a youth group or something yeah. um, or have friends in a spiritual community. Like your, your kids are gonna grow up and be like, my identity is in my ability to play soccer. My identity is my yeah. ability to play the piano or to be smart and get all A's and to get the best scholarships into the best school. Cause that's what all my parents have ever spent their time on. They carry that around, what you are building the schedule of the family around. Mm-hmm. So that's the great. safest thing you can do for your kid is to give them our identity in god so if your schedule for the family revolves around we serve the lord together our identity is serving the lord together mm-hmm. what that that's applied you know in going to church or doing missions work or bible studies in your home or a uh, youth group um serving you know at, at some ministry uh, blah, blah, blah 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 so it's your kids will identify themselves subconsciously by whatever you as the parents set the tone in the home for long term Yeah. Um, So that's what I would say. And then uh, lastly, quickly, one more thing for actual kids. If you're again walking through where you want to, you're driving your parents crazy because you don't want (laughs) to listen to them. I get it. But also you're not the one who has to stand in front of Jesus one day and answer for how they're raising you. (laughs) So like I've let that kind of um, be my medicine in some moments growing up when I was older and I realized that they were human beings and just trying to like do their best, it really did help me to think like they really do actually have to stand before God and like answer for Erica and Jonathan. Like they're, they're doing their best. They're trying to answer to the Lord. Um, so help them out a little bit, but (laughs) that's what I would say. All right. We're going to wrap it up and we're going to do our fun cup question. So, talking about kids and parents and family, thought we would do something related to that. And our question is what is a movie or TV show that you and your family, you and your kids, just love to watch together? It never gets old. You all enjoy it. It's just a fan favorite in your family.
1: Okay, we just found ours. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) And it's every single one of us, okay? So, this is like a miracle of Jesus. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All five of us. Dude Perfect on YouTube. Dude Perfect. What? Oh, come on. Go, okay. I'm plugging you. Dude Perfect. If you're listening right now, please plug the Iron Women podcast because I'm plugging you. Dude Perfect. It's a YouTube channel. These dudes have, they're like, they do like trick shots and stuff, but it's like a bunch of guys who like went to college together. They all love Jesus. Uh, they don't like talk about God or anything mm-hmm. on the channel, but everything's like, it's clean content. It's super fun. Like they're just having a great time and everything. Like they're all friends and they're doing these like really cool trick shots, like throwing basketballs across stadiums and like making oh, it into the hoop okay. and stuff like that. So, but dude, perfect. It's, it's really fun. And everybody loves it. Actually. That's what we're doing for Isaac's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we're going to a dude, perfect concert. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go. Right. It's so much fun. <laughs> Um,
2: I, I almost want to let you go first on this, Erica, because oh. ours have changed through the years. Cause we have so many, um, we have so many years to look back on. So I want you to, I'm going to throw it over to you. We first. are just big movie people in general. Uh, we
0: just love watching movies. Um, I would say we've gone, yeah, we've gone through phases. Like we went through a phase where. We were obsessed with The Greatest Showman. Oh, oh, we, yes. we like that movie. We watched too. it over and over and over. I saw <laughs> it in theaters seven times.
2: How many? Times, and I did it with you. How many of those times? I think like, you went four or five. <laughs> yeah, I would.
0: I never have done that. Yeah, it was insane. We were obsessed with The Greatest Showman there for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we love like classics. Like you know, when you were young,
2: we all loved the Winnie the Pooh stuff.
1: Oh yeah.
2: I mean, I don't really remember that. You don't remember that. Yeah. So, um, you know, as you have gone up now, there is one movie and it's a scary movie. Oh, yeah. It's somewhat of a clean, scary movie. (laughs)
0: Yeah. What's that? (laughs) Yeah. It was the first scary quotation marks movie that we were allowed to watch. I think I was maybe 13 or 14 and Jonathan was like 11 or 12. And it's called The Village. Yeah, by M. Night Shyamalan. I love him as a director. Like came out in the early 2000s, I think. But it is such a good movie. It's well, Jeff and I could not wait to watch it with our children. (laughs) It's such a good blend of in of like suspense, drama, comedy, romance. But it's like it's not too heavy for kids. Uh, when I, when well, I say wasn't kids. too
2: heavy for my kids at right. those ages, like
0: yeah. middle decisions. school, upper middle school ages. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, your kids, but look into that one. Yeah. If you've not seen it, the village, we, we, to this day, we just got back from a beach vacation and it's almost and you talk like, about it? it's almost like I show ha- it to everyone. <laughs> it's a hazing to be like yes. a part of our family. Like, yeah. Have you seen the village? Yeah. <laughs> have you seen the village? You will watch it with us. Yes.
2: With all the lights out. Yes. And we will all watch your reactions the whole time. Cause we have yes. nice going. And Mama has been known to, when they've had friends over, um, sneak into the rooms and scare yes. when they're watching it with friends and she think she's hilarious. I, I am hilarious. <laughs> um, okay, so one thing right now, though, is my family likes the Star Wars, like the hundreds oh, yeah. of things that go with Star Wars. Well, that's just mainly Jonathan. I'm not really into it. Oh, so I thought, you know it, Jonathan. though, and you watch it.
0: I mean, I've seen the movies. I'm not seeing all the Clone Wars crap okay. Jonathan loves. So what
2: I've done is I recently asked my son to write down the chronological order of all of the thing, all the Star Wars, everything. And I'm going through and I'm trying to pay attention so I can actually have conversations about Star Wars.
1: Did he actually do this? Yes, he did. Feet. Oh, no, he
2: loved doing it. Yeah. We sat at Cracker Barrel before we left him this last time and we got out a napkin and yes. And so the thing is, like, he's really cool. Like I text him about this stuff and he actually communicates with me about it so i have found he's a boy and he's talking i know i have found and he's and he's told me the websites to go to to find all the in-between stuff and everything and so yeah so i'm i'm presently now doing that but yeah we do we've we've been a movie movie family and we like the disney movies yeah yeah you it know? doesn't take much to impress us to get us hooked on something it doesn't <laughs> you know? yeah
0: All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. Um, again, we're going to have one more episode coming up after this, in this series we're doing about integrating the spiritual, uh, next episode, the last episode of this series is going to be about, uh, careers, job, uh, workplace, and even talking about, um, you know, secular careers versus those that have ministry careers. Um, just breaking that down and how to integrate the spiritual into all of that. Again, if you want to give us your feedback, your thoughts, um, if you've, uh, carried on this conversation with anyone in your life, um, or a spiritual sister and wanted us to know what you guys talked about or have any questions or anything that you would like us to touch on, follow up on, let us know, um, by emailing us at the iron women podcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much. And we'll see you in the next one. Hey sisters, thank you all so much for spending your time with us. We are excited and expectant for everything Jesus is going to do through these conversations. If you found this encouraging, insightful, or it brought you some moments of joy or laughter, go ahead and share this episode with your spiritual sisters to keep today's conversation going. Then come on back and hang out with us on the next episode of The Iron Women.